Hello everybody and welcome back to Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, the first head. And I'm Dane, the third head. Oh, shit. Rewind the tape. We don't we don't have a third head tonight. That's my bad, just kidding. Ha oh, I did it on purpose. Alright, jokes. We've been recording with extra heads a little bit recently, but yeah. Uh, Two-Headed Game Master is a podcast about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games where we discuss our favorite hobbies, share our thoughts with you, and even play some games sometimes. Uh, not this time, though. Dane, what are we discussing today? This time we're going to be talking about moving the story forward. Mm-hmm. Has this ever happened to you? Has this ever happened to you? You're playing a role-playing game, and it kind of has stalled out a little bit. It's not going in the direction you wanted to go in. So you call... I... And then your no. players are like, I don't know, man. I kind of really don't want to play anymore. That ever <laughs> happened to you? <laughs> I should have maybe wrote something down before I tried that bit. <laughs> but that was, okay. That was, I think you should leave. Was, yeah, if you don't get it, whatever. It's funny. Maybe we'll plug it at the end. Um, so, maybe you're playing, a, you're playing a campaign. You're playing a you know an ongoing adventure. And it's kind of stalled out, or it's just not very fun. It's not going in the direction you guys want, or you can feel, uh, maybe as the game master you can feel it, or maybe just like as a player, you feel everyone kind of like pulling away. It's not really working. So what we're talking about today is when you encounter this, because you probably will at some point. Not every you know campaign is perfect, and not every group is perfect, and not everything goes you know f- forever or finishes. When this happens... What do you do to keep it going? How do you, you know, how do you keep things moving along uh, in and your of course, role like, <clears throat> not telling you how to do your games. Usually just some suggestions. Yeah. Some pointers uh, or tips. It's not, it's not really a tips and tricks. Uh, I guess, it, you know. It, I it, guess it's more that than anything else. And I, I would say before we get into that stuff, this isn't like. Obviously, as a game master and as players, you guys should have conversations about this stuff. We're more talking about how do you do it in the game. Like, if nobody's having fun anymore, you need to have a conversation outside of your game about, you know, what you want to do instead or how you're going to change stuff. But this is for, you know, like, if if you hit kind of a dull patch or if you get stuck and there's a bit of a lull in the actual play... These are some things that as a game master and as players you can do to kind of, you know, inject a little juice back into things. So we'll be talking about the two sides, the game master side and the player side. Yeah. Uh, how can the game master move the story forward and then how the players can do it? And again, story forward as in like, oh, we're kind of... The players are kind of sitting around looking at each other like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Um, So as a game master, you can do a lot of things to help keep the story moving forward. Uh, If your players are stuck or maybe they are getting focused on the wrong thing. Mm. That happens quite a bit. (laughs) Um, But, right, so obvious... Um, but we're going to say it anyways, hints, mm-hmm. right? Give, just give a little hint drop, as a game master. Yeah, drop some hints for your players. Um, and this is, this is a great 
opportunity to kind of remember that, you know, y'all are playing a game and your character and you uh, as players, player characters are separate from the players. And so maybe the player characters notice something, something that the player wouldn't have thought of. But as a game master, you can be like, hey, so-and-so, your character has this background. And so they would recognize this. Mm-hmm. It's just like toss a little something like that in there. Like, okay, now there's a lead. And then, you know, especially if your players are kind of at a loss in a situation, they're going to bite on that. They're going to be like, yeah. okay, yeah, this is something. This is actionable. This is a lead. And, you know, sometimes that's all it takes is just a quick little reminder. Pick um, someone and be like, oh, since you're a dwarf or whatever, uh, you have a little bit of context for this idea. So there was a time when I was running a uh, detective kind of murder mystery. It wasn't a murder. Um, somebody had been framed for a murder. And I had, like, this huge little, like, web of facts and clues for the players to follow. Well, sure enough, they were rolling like dog shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they just weren't finding anything, let alone, like, putting it together. So, like, if that's kind of the situation you're at is like oh investigate the room and like your players like each roll their investigation or their perception or whatever and nobody finds it then just tell them outright be like you know what you guys all search the room you don't find any goodies but you do find the door the next secret passage yeah the next clue you need and that gets to something that i i just added to our outline here Um, and I was going to bring it up later, but I think now is the time to do it. Part of the reason this works, part of the reason you might have to do it as well is the same thing is, you know, there's, there's something that's role dependent and you want to avoid that. If there's something critical to moving forward, don't place a difficulty on that. That needs to be something that just happens. If there's no other way to like, you know, progress to the next room or to, you know, move on to the next phase of the investigation you shouldn't put that behind a roll Mm -hmm. to be clear that adventure went very poorly because i didn't uh well i didn't listen to this podcast this podcast wasn't out yet would have helped would have helped but yeah Um, we didn't have that advice but now we do yeah uh and like so you can you can put important things behind roll walls but do it on like a spectrum scale, mm-hmm. right? So like, oh, if they succeed in the role, then they avoid the trap. Yeah. Like, right. Cause you need to find the clue mm-hmm. or whatever it is to move forward. So no matter what, they're going to find the clue, but maybe they take a little like bit of a penalty if they do it wrong, right. but there's no like roll and roll a one when you're like investigating a room for clues and you like stab your eye out on accident. That's why would you do that? That, <laughs> You know, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't help the game. Uh, it might be funny. It might be funny, and maybe, like, the you know the style of game you're playing is just, like, absurdist comedy, so maybe that works perfectly. But if you're actually trying to, like, move through an adventure, certain things kind of just need to happen. And so, you know, when you are designing as a game master, you should identify those things, those, you know, 
cruxes of storytelling yeah. and make sure that those aren't hidden behind or they're not locked behind any sort of role challenge or yeah. um, difficulty because I mean at the end of the day you're telling the story right mm. if the story well can't, together yeah if the story can't move forward then you're never gonna like finish telling it right mm. so like if it's important just just give it to the players and you don't necessarily have to be like oh well you know who the murderer is right now you don't need to do that that's not what we're saying mm-hmm. but you know little little hints and clues and we've had a lot of success with sometimes doing it sneakily uh you know through text or like sticky notes that are only for one player and then they get to choose how they share it and mm-hmm. you know how their character because right, then does. it feels like they're much more part of the story because then they're like oh what do i do do i share this with the group or do i keep it for myself mm-hmm. and then it also feels like to everybody else that uh the story is not moving forward at the gm's discretion like a novel it's moving forward because of the actions of the players yeah which is the thing you want to go for. You want, you know, player agency and you want a player run experience or player driven experience. You're still running the game, but that yeah. being said, um, I'm moving the point up. Um, don't avoid like the text adventure scenarios, right? Mm. So don't go too far in that direction where you let the players completely like have control because then it's going to feel yeah. like infinite options. Or total freedom. And you want to avoid yeah. that as well. If you're just like, hey, you're in an empty room. Mm-hmm. You know, or you're in a room with some stuff in it, but you describe so much stuff that... Uh, There's just too much, too many choices, right? Yeah. You ever, You ever, like, you know, your friends ask you to get something at the store and you go there and it's like... There's like 15 fucking choices and all all they said was get peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Like, do they like crunchy? Do they like smooth? Yeah. Do they have a, pr- a brand that they prefer? It's called choice paralysis. It's a real thing. Look it up. It's a real thing. Um, yeah, you want to avoid... You want to avoid putting your players as a game master. You want to avoid putting them in a situation where they have so much choice that they don't know what to do, and they're going to be like, okay, well, uh, try and pick something. And 90% of the things they could possibly pick are nothing, mm-hmm. or just dead ends. Don't give them situations like that. Be like, this is a room, it's a normal, whatever. These are the couple things that are significant about it. And they're like, okay, well, we'll split up and investigate those two specific things, and now the story is going to move forward. Um, just thinking out loud here, do we have an idea like, on the list for how to run, like, a town sequence? Like, a tips and tricks? I don't think so. Yeah, put put that on. on That's a good one. Because that's that's one of these situations where, you know, like, players get back from... uh, get back from an adventure, they want to sell their loot, they want to upgrade. Or it's the beginning of an adventure, and it hasn't really started yet, no one's really sure how to, like, you know, how do we get to the dungeon? Mm -hmm. And they're just like, well, uh, who's around me? And then you're like, shit, uh, I don't know. And then you got to like rattle off some stuff. Maybe you prepared a lot of stuff and now they've got so many choices. They're never going to get to the, you know, to the prepared content. They're going to spend their time, you know, dicking around at a, at a food truck or something. Right. Haggling for the best price on tacos Mm -hmm. or rat on a stick or what have you. Yeah. So you want to avoid, um, giving your, your players that much choice. You still want to give them choices, but Mm -hmm. you want them to be meaningful, not insignificant 
wastes of time. And like, you know, a little little bit of text adventure can be beneficial, like for the town. Just be like, okay, you guys are a town. What do you do? Do you, you know, go find, do you go drink at the bar, sell your stuff, buy new gear? Those are, you know, there's your options. Pick one, tell me what it is, and then we can get moving again. But like, trying to play through everybody's like encounter with like the vendor that they go to and stuff gets gets really taxing and then people start to check out and yeah you know you've lost the thread of the story mm-hmm. most likely some so, some could probably keep it together but yeah definitely not me so you want to avoid that but that's good advice that doesn't really help if your adventure has already kind of stalled out that's advice for you know how to prepare it ahead of time and avoid this happening Mm -hmm. but if it has happened there's another little thing that is very useful and i think we've mentioned it a few times before but yo just start a fight yeah put it up on the board your players don't know what to do next start a fight and this particularly like ideal for um for like a dungeon crawl situation for uh you know a uh, an adventure that is like you know mostly action combat investigation with some kind of like branching choices and exploration in there if your players get into a situation where like when gandalf doesn't remember which way to go in moria and he's like, I have no memory of this place. And there's three options. And the players have no way of knowing what's down each way and no reason to pick one way or the other. Then they're going to, you know, they're going to start discussing it. And it might devolve into a discussion that is really, like, taxing on everyone's involvement. It's, <laughs> like, not a good thing. Because maybe you as a game master know, this is pretty insignificant. Mm. Maybe you have it set up so it doesn't matter which way they go. They're going to get into a fight next. And whichever way they go, it's going to be this room. Mm. You've just, like, got a little, like, plug-and-play dungeon room situation behind the screen. I don't know. But if they're in a situation like that, really great thing you can do is just, like, Throw an encounter at them. Be like, mm-hmm. while you're sitting there talking, oh, you hear, like, some footsteps and then a patrol of goblins comes around the corner. Now the decision's made for them. Not really, because they still haven't picked a way, but now they're playing. Now they're playing. Have a fight. Um, and then, like, after the fight, they're probably going to forget like why it was such a hard choice and just choose Mm -hmm. they'll be Um, like oh the goblins came from this way uh let's go the one furthest away from the goblins yeah or Or let's go where the goblins were where the goblins are because we're trying to like kill the king goblin and get his treasure um starting a combat also where it's it can work anywhere i think you know i think so there's places it works better but like yeah uh, you've accidentally uh done the thing we told you not to do and like everybody's at the market and it's devolving into chaos because like you got a guy trying to give a fig to a little boy you got guys like trying to find the bar and like everybody's splitting up and wandering around fight breaks out in the market Mm -hmm. and then oh players are in it so they're fighting Mm -hmm. so now they're back on track to you know being involved in the story and don't give it like don't start an insignificant fight because that's just an even bigger waste of time. But if you're like, you know, in the market trying to talk to the guy who can translate the amulet, you know, have the Nazis show up then because then. I don't know. I think you can work it back. Like, I don't think. Well, I guess, you know, there's a definite possibility that you can start a combat like that for no reason. 
But after combat, yeah, the the guards show up and be like, oh, what are you guys doing in town? Mm-hmm. And then you're back on mission. Or oh, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe your contact finds you after the fight. Or I guess, yeah, like that's that, that's know? the better thing. Like, have, have a way for this fight to, you know, not only break up the monotony, but then move the story forward. Then you're like, oh... You're detectives investigating a crime, and you've kind of, like, stalled out, and you're like, shit, well, we're not sure where to look for the next clue. And then a couple thugs try and, like, jump you in an alley. Mm. Ooh, but then one of their, like, uh, one of their shirts get torn, and it's got, you know, a little label with the with the cult symbol on it or something. I don't know. Hey, you know like, he drops a hotel key. Yeah, yeah, he like, drops, whatever, that's, that's right? better. He drops a know. business card or yeah. something, and it's all <laughs> crumpled, and it's like, okay, this guy... Does, What's his business card? Maybe professional thug. Well, no, it's like whoever hired oh, them. Oh, okay, it's like yeah, the yeah. the shipping magnet who yeah, hired yeah, yeah. the thugs okay. to you know beat up the detectives uh-huh. to cover up the murder. Not not the thugs' business card. No, though. that'd be a dumb business card. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that, right? Um, yeah, if your players are having trouble, force force their hand. Yeah, force their hand a little bit. Uh, which takes us to the next one. Sometimes. You got to take control. And this big old asterisk here because, you know, one of the first things you're going to hear when you get into this hobby, especially if you're game mastering and you want to, like, learn more about stuff and how to do it better, you're going to hear a lot of talk about why it's bad to take away player agency. Sometimes, though, you got to. It's necessary. Sometimes, you know, like they're private investigators and they just got into a fight in a bar and stuff. And maybe the, uh, you know, the the real cops show up and they're like, hey, you need to talk to the mayor right now. Don't give them a chance yeah, to this, fight their way out of that. This is definitely the biggest one, at least with our player base. Uh, they are programmed through all their upbringing and all the other games they've played mm. to never back down. Yeah. So if like, it's a key part of the story that they get captured and thrown in jail. Mm-hmm. Or even just like, there's a meeting that needs to happen. Sure. Cause someone's going to come up to them and be like, Hey, my employer wants to see you. And we're like, well, mm, I don't know. Unless you give Make them a really me. good story reason for that to happen. And they're like fully on board. If they have any, uh, if they have, fuck, what's the word? In, indecision. Uh, uncertainty. Uncertainty. If they have any uncertainty about that situation, the, the thing, default is calm. Yeah, no, the, I'm gonna the thing that needs to happen is not going to happen. They're going to run away. They're going to start a fight. They're going to do the thing that you don't need them to do, which is to you know like meet with someone. So, mm-hmm. have that person come to them or tell them, hey, you guys don't have any reason not to. You go with them. Right. And so, in the next scene, give them back their agency immediately. Mm, right. Because it's not, it's not just the GM's novel. Right. Mm. Yeah. The players, the players are involved as well. But you don't, our advice is don't necessarily feel bad about making the players do a move. Yeah. Right. So like. Taking away all their agency and telling them exactly, like, how they look and how they fight? Eh, I don't know. No. But if they need to get captured or go to a meeting, then you as a game master can make it happen. So, like, you need to at least have a meeting with the cops, right? 
oh, how you get that is a bar fight happens and then the cops come, right? But your players just went through a combat. So they're like, you know, they got their blood up. They're mm-hmm. ready to go again. Cops come in and be like, oh, what happened here? Explain yourself. You're coming with us. Players are immediately going to be like, no, nope. make me. We're punching our way out and we're escaping into the alley or something. So don't do that. You can do that, but like, when when they say, "Oh, we're fighting," you can you know try to try to use your words and be like, "You really shouldn't fight these guys." Yeah. Right. And if they're like, "Nope, we're doing it," then just fudge the rolls. Like, "Oh, I take my sword out and lunge at the cop." He turns it aside and bonks you on the head. You're unconscious. Yeah. You're like, because this is a thing that has to happen, and you still kind of let him try. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the point. Um, right, and don't be afraid to walk it back either. Yeah, you might have made a mistake. Maybe you, you know, like incorrectly described something and be like, okay, so let me rephrase what I just said. This is how it actually looks. This is what your character would think of that. Now Try again. Yeah, you've walked back their decision a little bit. It's okay. It's, uh, you know... The, like, the nature of this is improvisational, and very rarely do game masters prepare more than a few lines of dialogue. Certainly, it's, I mean, it's basically impossible to pre-write, you know, character encounters. Don't try to do that either. Yeah, don't try to do that. You'll because hurt yourself. Because it's, it's pretty impossible, mm-hmm. like we were saying. You're not, that's like, uh, don't just don't do that. Right, so, you know, if... You gotta get going on this track, and you guys are, you know, you as the game master and the player, you guys are working together, and you notice that you've gotten way off track. Just be like, oh, hold on, uh, made a mistake. I gave you the wrong impression. Like, mm-hmm. this was actually the impression. Let me try to say it a different way. Yeah. Here you go. And then their characters be like, okay, yeah, I should feel differently about this thing. And, yeah. You don't want to tell your players no all the time. Sometimes you have to say no. Don't say no outright that something is just, like, mm. you know, wrong and completely off base. Yeah, another, another like, piece of conventional wisdom, which we all know conventional wisdom is very wrong most of the time, um, is never say no to a player, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's, I don't know, I've never actually seen a book say that. I don't think but, so, but I think it's just, you know... It's a thing that floats around that, like, you should always say yes or, like, you can try. Mm -hmm. And I do think that's good advice. When, you know, a player comes up with something that you didn't think of and you don't know how it's going to go, you should say yes, you can try. But, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes they're like, oh, can I, uh, you know, can I shoot my way out of this? Like, no. But we are moving on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And after this little meeting... You get your agency back full scale, and you can do whatever you want. But there's just, like, a story beat that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the the no but start of the sentence as a game master is very powerful. Yeah. You're like, like well, if can players... I do this? No. Mm-hmm. But. But you can do this. Yeah. Or, but you could do that in a little, you could try that in a little bit. Yeah. Right? Or. No, not know, right now. You. Yes. But after this guy finishes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, very, very powerful phrase there. Yeah. Um, so just quick little 
recap of the GM before yeah. we move on to the player side, right? These are um, things a game master can do to move things along when things have kind of stalled out. Right? Uh, give them hints, mm-hmm. right? If they if they don't see it, if they miss it, just just tell them. Tell them straight up they see it. Don't hide it behind a roll. Um, avoid the sort of text adventure scenario where they can input anything, but only one thing is the right thing. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to waste a lot of time doing the wrong things. Uh, yeah, infinite options and like choice paralysis. Keep those in mind, because um, we are just all humans after all. Yeah. Uh, and then take control. Uh, you know, take a little bit of agency away from them in the short term to help move the story forward. Mm-hmm. Give it back to them as quick as you can. Right? It's their story too. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're trying to do something ridiculous or not like at all on track with the story try the no but yeah and then uh, sometimes maybe start a fight and then use that to lead something else you know they start a fight that's decision made for them and then drop a clue drop a clue after the fight have something significant be noticed during mm-hmm. the fight Ooh. Ooh. yeah but fighting fighting is better than you know sitting there arguing yeah. in a circle most definitely. So, that's that's Game Masters. All right, players, players, players. Moving on to players. These are active things that you as a player can do when the adventure has stalled and you're not sure what to do next. Um, and we want, you know, we want everyone to have the best experience, so these are things you can just, like, put in your pocket and keep for whenever you're playing. Right, they're just, they're just strategies, yeah. you know. Little um, things you can try. Right, so try if... You guys aren't getting it as if you as players aren't getting it, uh, like there's a puzzle or a detective mystery or whatever, right? Petition the game GM. Be like, hey, um, as a as a player, as a person, I don't understand what's happening in the game right now, mm-hmm. but maybe my character does. So like, I'm gonna do a, a history check. Yeah. Or. You know, do I remember this? And you want to phrase it in such a way where you're like, you are petitioning the GM for what you know that they know, mm-hmm. but your character doesn't yet. And you're like, does my character? Maybe they should. And you say you say something like, can I make an arcana check to figure out how this works? And then the game master will be like, okay, yeah, yeah. Because if you do good, now suddenly you have critical information that moves the story along. And they're going to... You know, maybe they weren't sure how to give this to you, but now you've given them an opportunity. Yeah, now you've given them the opportunity to tell you what the next thing to do is in character based on a role. And, you know, this can also be a callback to the metagaming thing, right? Because, like, yeah, maybe as a player you do get it, Mm -hmm. right? But the GM is kind of being like, well, your character doesn't know that. It's like, okay, well, what what if I try this thing and then my character can get it? Right? Yeah, because like I know what needs to happen. Yeah, maybe you as a player understand mm-hmm. like you know oh we need to get through this door and we can't figure out the like dungeon puzzle, and maybe it's not about you as a player figuring out the puzzle. Maybe it's about your character like remembering the secret password or whatever. Or whatever, right? Um, another thing that follows kind of directly on this is just to like keep asking questions, mm-hmm. um, and ask these questions, and you can like mix these together. You can ask questions like as an elf. 
do I recognize this? Or, uh, you know, does my detective training help me mm-hmm. decide which way to go? Right. You know, bring your backstory into it. Mm-hmm. We, we've talked about backstory. We're going to talk a little bit more about backstory in future episodes. But, you know, here's a great example of how to use your backstory that you made and you're super psyched about be part of the story. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, well... Those things in Dungeons and Dragons that no one ever fucking uses, that like, oh, you're a folk hero or you were a soldier, or, uh, you know, those those backgrounds be like, hey, as this, does this uh, have any bearing? And then go back to that petition, the GM for advice. You'd be like, based on this, um, can I make a history check about mm-hmm. this area or something? Right, or like, oh, this this uh, you know little little boy at the inn is not telling us the information we need to know, but hey, remember how I'm a folk hero? Does the little boy recognize? Maybe, like, you know, he recognizes me, and could I use that as leverage? And the idea that's kind of at the core of this that we want to reiterate here is that, like, you as a player might not know, but your character could know. Mm -hmm. And you want to get that idea into your game master's head. You want to be like, I don't fucking know what the right answer is. But my guy, who lives in this world, spent their whole life in this world, like, what is a thing about your character that could lead to the key to this situation, like, open the next door, move you forward into the next area? Because, theoretically, the GM should know everything about this world, right? Because they're writing a story. Um, And GMs, if you don't, you don't need to write everything out. You don't need to make a Silmarillion no. of your adventure. So you can feel free to make this up. Right? In fact, I would wholeheartedly recommend you do not do such a thing. Because uh, that will just be an exercise in heartache. You'll either care too much and none of it will, none of it will ever come to fruition. Or you'll be like, well, shit, I suck at this. And then you'll like feel bad about all the stuff you did. When the truth is, you really only need to do basic surface level world building for mm. this sort of stuff. But, but that is a separate conversation. It's a separate conversation. But if your players are asking you questions that you don't know the answer to, like, oh, well, like, as an elf, how would I feel about this? It's like, I don't actually know that. Mm-hmm. Just make it up. Just yeah. be like, okay, uh, as an elf, uh, this stuff. This is, or this you is get into a little, like, dialogue about, mm-hmm. you know, like, well, how do you feel, you know, what's your background? And then, like, okay, well, I feel like based on that, elves in this world behave this way, and so this is the stuff you would know. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you've gotten into a conversation about, your character, what your character does and doesn't know, and then next thing you know, you're like, okay, make a history check with a low DC. Clue. Clue. Now you've discovered a clue. Now you got yourself a clue. Mm-hmm. Speaking of clues, um, the next little point for players is to use your knowledge of stories to kind of like understand and predict what the GM is trying to do. This is a couple of things. It's an example of metagaming, which we talked about. And we just talked about it earlier with yeah. petitioning the GM for advice. Mm-hmm. So this isn't necessarily something your character would know, but sometimes, you know, you as a player, you need to metagame a little bit to, like, make the right thing happen. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the most unfairly advantageous thing, but the right thing for the story. And, um, you know, a, a good example that I really like, we've used the detective scenario you know, a couple of times in this as an example, there is a point in basically every episode of Psych where they don't know what something is or 
you know, they're not sure what to do next. And what do they always fucking do? They go ask somebody. They go talk to Sean's dad. dad. They usually go, but sometimes someone else. Sometimes Sometimes someone from their past or, you know, a, Mm -hmm. a previous episode. But, like, so then if you're playing a detective adventure and you're like, huh, so we have, like, two clues and they don't add up to anything and we are not sure what to do next because there was no, like, lead at the last place. Then, you know, you as a player, think about the stuff that you know. Think about just, like, the storytelling tropes that are familiar and widely used. And you're like, okay, who could I ask? And then do this other stuff that we said. Petition the GM for advice. Hey, does my character know anyone around here who might be able to help me with this? And they're like, oh, yeah, go talk to the librarian. Figure out what this strange symbol means. Mm -hmm. Now you've got your next lead. Maybe you get jumped by thugs at the library and, you know, the whole thing just feels like it flows super smoothly. But. Right. Or like, oh, we're trying to find the boss in the dungeon and it's a maze. Mm -hmm. And it's a tough maze and we're just ending up walking around in circles. Well, you know, you know, through games, the more enemies and the harder they are, the closer to the boss you are. Mm -hmm. Right. So go in that direction. Oh, does, you know, let's look down this passageway. Is there, is there a monster? Okay. Let's find the monster, right? Let's find the traps. And your game master might've thought they were really clever putting a lot of like environmental clues. Maybe there's like skeletons on the floor of the dungeon. And maybe you were like, oh yeah, that's just set dressing. But maybe they meant for it to be something more. So ask them about it. Like, hey, uh, are there more dead this direction? Like, are there more skeletons? Are there more failed adventures this way? And the game master might be like, yes, that's what I was trying to signpost. Or they might be like, I wasn't trying to signpost that, but that's a great way for me to break this deadlock. You put that in their head by asking them something like that. Mm-hmm. So don't, yeah. I mean, we already talked about it. We did a whole episode about metagaming. That's a good use of metagaming is when the story's kind of stalled out where like uh, we don't really know what to do next think about what it's similar to right because chances are your gm has used influence their influences to write a story so mm-hmm. you know things follow common tropes yeah th- and tropes. think about what they like if they you know if they really like game of thrones or if they really like detective shows think about that stuff you're like okay because that's not bad. That's not going to make it like worse for you to somehow... For you to guess where a piece of inspiration came from, that is not going to ruin the experience for you. That's just going to make everyone have a better time, and it's mm-hmm. also going to move it forward, which is the whole point of this episode. Right, and you don't, uh, you don't necessarily have to use that insight of you know, the story or stories uh, to yourself break the game but you can you can use it to help your character help other characters right so like maybe in the skeleton the maze with the skeletons example maybe you instead of just asking the gm about the skeletons you remark to a different player or different player character yeah yeah be like hey man what's up with all these skeletons yeah in character you like why are so many skeletons in this hallway and not in this hallway? And we'll be like, oh, maybe the boss is this way. Right. So, like, and 
you know, that's a really uh, theory-perfect uh, example, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. In, in practice, it's going to be much more difficult. Um, but you can always, as a player, if you don't know what to do, maybe get somebody else's mind thinking about what to do and, you know, kind of work together. So, like, as a character, you do a thing like, ah, oh, maybe we can get up on this, you know, over the wall if I lift you up. Right. Or, you know, something like that, I guess. Right. So just you can do an action that is um, a building block. Right. You know, your action could be built on by another player or maybe the GM seizes on that and be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Good idea. Good idea. You know, this is this is, uh, you know, now what you guys know. Yeah. So, like, do you remember um, Cosmo the... In Torg, you had cards, right, that you could play? And, like, mm, yeah, one yeah. of them was, like, oh, connection card. Yeah, okay. Spectacular example. Torg is a really cool game. Um, and maybe at some point we should do a... Victory lap? <laughs> well, we talked about that. But also just, like, a deeper dive into just talking about it in general on the show. One of the things Torg has is this, like, really intense focus on action movie shticks. And in keeping with that, one thing the players have always is a hand of cards that you can play. And these are drama cards. They're things that, you know, like if you play them, the game master has to respond right. to them appropriately. So, like, exactly what we're talking about. Oh, the story's kind of stalled out. Yeah. We don't know what to do next. Play a card. Right. And there's a great one in Torque. There's a few great ones, but one that would be perfect for this situation uh, the, like, detective, you mm-hmm. know, investigator, whatever. You're, like, in a city. Yeah. You don't know what to do about your next clue. This lead doesn't lead anywhere. Uh, play the connection card. And then you read the card, and it's, like, someone who you know, someone from your past, shows up in the adventure. And helps you out. And helps you out. And so, like, as an action, you play that to the game master. Mm-hmm. And now the game master looks at it and is, like, okay, connection, great. They look at the stuff that they have prepared and they either, you know, deploy something they have ready and be like, this is someone you know. Or they like, okay, great, we need to end for tonight so I can prep mm-hmm. the the connection thing that's going to happen. Right. Again, that one's a little, you know... Super specific to tour. Specific and, like, perfect for the theory, right? Because that's exactly what we're talking about here. In practice, it's going to be more... It's just going to be messier, Yeah, right? and I would say in practice, you could do that sort of mm-hmm. thing in any game. You could do that in, like, our Afterlife Adventures or in any D&D mm-hmm. game. You could be like, hey, I'm going to go... Especially if you're, like, a rogue or someone with any sort of, you know, like, high social stuff going mm-hmm. on in their background. You're like, hey, I'm going to go to the... Uh, I'm going to go to the local tavern... And I'm going to see if I can, like, find someone I know. And then the game has to be like, well, do you know anybody? And you're like, yes, I think I do, but maybe I haven't come up with them yet. And now you and the game master are collaborating on the world together. And they're like, great, you're going to meet somebody, you know, or mm-hmm. maybe you won't meet who you thought you were going to meet. But, like, something is going to happen. And then you won't be stalled anymore. The story's moving forward. Right. And also, you know, you can use that. That's um, kind of actually a combination of all the stuff we were talking about for players right so like stories kind of stalled out and you're in like say some dwarven ruins you guy your party has a dwarf character and they're kind of stalled out and you can be like hey yeah dwarf what do you know about like dwarven ruins mm-hmm. right you should know at least something and they're like mm-hmm. oh i didn't even think of that all right game master 
what do I know as a dwarf? Yeah, what do I know about dwarven runes? And they're like, okay, so as a dwarf in the Forgotten Realms or in Middle-earth or wherever the fuck, here's a bunch of stuff. And you're like, okay. And then that's an opportunity for the Game Master to give you the right answer mm-hmm. and then for it to like be deployed by a player in play. That's good stuff. Ah, but yeah, I think, uh, so, so those, those are some strategies. Yeah. That's what we got on the um, player side, petition the game master for advice. What we mean by this is like roll for it, but also like ask the game master, can I roll for this? And the game master be like, Oh yes, I didn't think of that, but now you can, and it'll move the story along. Ask some questions as a, whatever, do I recognize this or does this give me any insight? Um, also, you know, we talked mainly about asking questions in character. You can ask questions as a player, too. Yeah. Be like, all right, I'm not my character anymore, but, like, let's talk through this because, like, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. That can also be useful. Mm-hmm. Right? Because then you can use that uh, to do a little bit of good metagaming, right? Use your knowledge of stories you've heard or... You know, maybe some of your game master's favorite stories that uh, they used inspiration with to kind of understand what's happening mm-hmm. and then somehow move that by metagaming to your character's understanding. Mm-hmm. But the good kind of metagaming. The good kind. Yeah. Yes. The good sport metagaming. And then just like, you know, do open in, you know, improv, right? We talked yeah. about how it's improv, right? Open-ended, Open-ended actions, actions that someone else has to yes and mm-hmm. that are designed to move the thing along that they can build on. The uh, the connection, romance, whatever, like the different cards in Torg, those are really, really great. Um, I would suggest just like Googling that because you don't need to actually play Torg or to have a deck of the drama cards in front of you to deploy ideas like that in your game. Uh, but yeah I think that about does it for this episode we talked about uh, how to move the story forward when there's a bit of a lull or a stall out Mm -hmm. Um, we talked about ways a game master can do it ways they can set it up ahead of time so it doesn't and then tips for when it actually happens and how they can kind of you know smooth it over and we talked about what players can do from the player side how do you act actively to move things along Yes, um, and this is totally a TNT. Um, yeah, this is a tips and tricks. We forgot to mark it, but like you know, I I can't do the the riff, but like oh, yeah. dun, dun, brown dun. brown. I'm TNT, that I'm mine. Don't sue me. Yeah, don't. You won't. It it'll be super unsatisfying. <laughs> whoever owns ACDC, whoever keeps those guys in jars and. Get some out for concerts sometimes. We don't have shit. Also, like, could you have even called that scene? I wouldn't. No. Yeah. That, like, that's not even fair use or public domain. That's just, like, completely separate IP. Yeah. Because it was so wrong. <laughs> All right. Well. That's the end of this episode of Two-Headed Game Master. Visit Two-Headed Game Master, or visit 2HGM.com. That's where you can find us. Uh, email us with your comments and feedback. Yeah. Always, forever and ever, you mm-hmm. can find our Eclipse Engine, our own little uh, role-playing mm-hmm. stuff, for free. 
as well as uh, some other material. We have character sheets for the Eclipse Engine. We have a Dungeon Creator worksheet. We're going to be uploading some other stuff. We're, RPG uh, Light. RPG, RPG Light, very fun, very easy. You've probably heard us play some of that by now. Um, and we're going to be expanding what is available for download on our website. So give that a, give that a look-see. We yes. also have a Patreon link if you like what we do and want to support. Uh, be the first one, eh? Yes. Um, Although, you know, the more we say that, the less it means and slash, like, the less chance it is. And right? the sadder it is. And the sadder. It's mainly just the Well, sadness. yeah, the more episodes we keep saying that. But that's fine. We're doing fine. We are okay. I wouldn't say fine, but whatever. All right. Uh, join us next time for another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. Real quick, if you liked our bad bit in the beginning of this episode... Watch I Think You Should Leave on Netflix. Um, good stuff. Yeah, it's good, good like sketch comedy. Tim, Tim Robinson, I, his his level of like mania and hostility, I don't think there's anything like that out there, and I can't get enough. Uh, thank you to the Burning Saviors for the use of their song Pond Hill is Finest is the intro and outro for our show. And we will see you next time. See you next time.